So when you find out that that's the type of meaning you in life, it means you take the opportunities to serve, to give, to help, or whatever. And you'll find that that is much powerful to give you the energy and the happiness of life which we all need. You can't just give to your family, they're a bit too close. It has to be something more than that. And I'm just saying, just giving to my, you know, giving to a place like people with Alzheimer's, with dementia. When I was visiting my mother just about six weeks ago, when I went to London, I think I mentioned to you that I went there just in the last hope that my mother would still remember me. I got from my brother that she was losing her memory fast. So I went just to see if she could still remember her son. And she couldn't. She didn't know who I was. She'd gone past that boundary where her memory of even her closest relations is totally gone. But I spent two lovely hours with her. And my brother asked, uh, afterwards told me this story about a man who would visit his mother every day before he went to work. Every day he'd go and visit his mother who had Alzheimer's. And one day the doctor came up to him and said, Look, what are you doing this for? You're wasting your time. She doesn't even know you. She can't remember you. If you only came once a week or two weeks, she wouldn't know that you hadn't come for such a long time. So what are you doing this? She doesn't know you. And he replied, It's true, she doesn't know I'm her son. But I know she's my mother. That's why I go every day. And I thought, Wow, that's a guy who has emotional intelligence who knows the meaning of life. It's not because she knows who you are, it's because you know who she is. And that gives you incredible strength. It is not really rational, that's where the doctor was coming from, rational, scientific, but there is another language which is a language of meaning of life. It's the same when you're kind and when you're generous. Every act of generosity and kindness which I have given in my life, never one of those acts of kindness and generosity have I ever regretted. Even though sometimes people thought, you're stupid Ajahn Brahm doing things like that. And I still remember just one of the first acts of generosity which I gave. You may not know this, but when I was a young man, I've already told you about my green velvet trousers. I also had very long hair and a big beard as well. It was very useful in the cold climate of London. I never had to wear a hat, I had a permanent one on. And where the frizzy hair uh, ended, that's when my beard started. I used to call it like the donut look because I had this donut of hair and I was just peering out into the world from inside. <laughs> And you know, for years my mother always said, get your hair cut. And when I did, she still complained. <laughs> but, I had a motorbike too. A big motorbike. A nice one, expensive. And when I decided to become a monk, I realized, no, you can't take your motorbike to be a monk. You know, once I've ridden a motorbike as a monk in Thailand, because they were taking me somewhere, there's no other transport and the roads were out, you can only get across like a bridge of a plank. So I had to go on the motorbike. And I'll tell you why it's not wise to, be, to go on a motorbike as a monk, because these robes, they balloon out. 
and you almost get sort of lifted off the motorbike at speed. So it's really dangerous, so I never want to do that ever again. But anyway, I wasn't a monk, I had a nice motorbike. And of course you can't take it to Thailand, you can't sort of use it, so I had to sell it. So I managed to find a friend of my mother's who was interested in getting a motorbike. So he came around, had a look, liked it and said, how much? You know what happens when you sell how much? I said, let's go up and see my mother first of all. Because I knew I had to do this in front of her, otherwise I'd get in trouble. So in front of my mother, and he said again, now how much do you want for your bike? And I said, do you, want, do you like it? He said, yeah, yeah, it is. How much? So if you like it, you can have it for free. And I remember the look on his face. I'll never forget that look on his face. I was surprised. And then he looked at my mother. He never needed to say anything. I know what he was thinking. My mother knew what he was thinking. Is that guy all right? Is he crazy? Is he a, <laughs> is he a full pack of cards? And my mother said, yeah, he's not crazy. He's becoming a monk. He doesn't need any money. And that's, of course, why you give it, because what's the point of money? When being a monk, you don't need any money. So just, if you want it, take it. And that was such a wonderful moment for me, and also for him as well. He came from a very hard family. And my mother told me afterwards that he'd never forgotten that experience. That was the first time someone had actually given him something expensive, given him something for free. I taught him what generosity really is. Just give, with nothing coming back in return. And those are things, they're acts of kindness and generosity, which you're just giving for the love of it, for the fun of it. And that really gives the meaning in life. We all know just is enough to go around, but just we don't share. And if we could share more, give more, life would be just so beautiful. It would have so much meaning. If you want it, have it. Again, I remember once our lovely committee. I was very proud of them on this occasion, but I wanted to test them out first of all. This was when we were raising funds for our nuns' monastery, or we were building some of the huts there. And someone had given, I think, a donation. I forget how much it was. I think about $2,000. And our committee received a letter from Thailand. They'd run out of money, they were stuck in Bangkok and they wanted their 2,000 bucks back. <laughs> and I always remember that. So, you know, what should you do? You know, even for those of you who've read our constitution, who know the law, once you give these things, actually the committee aren't really allowed to give it back. But who cares about laws? Isn't compassion and kindness more important? So I remember the conversation. I was not going to say anything. I was just listening because I want to find out this committee of ours, all the years we've been teaching, whether they really understood what's being taught. You know, is this a society first or is it a Buddhist first of all? And remember, it's a Buddhist society of Western Australia. Buddhist comes first. It's not society and then Buddhist. And so they talked about this and the treasurer said, we're not really allowed to, but the poor guy's destitute, what should we do? Let's take a vote. Unanimous, give him the money back. And I was so proud of that committee. Because what's really important, raising funds for things? Or raising kindness and compassion for things? Isn't it really more important 
you know, that we're actually really developing a meaning in life rather than being some sort of other uh, uh, society which just tries to get more and more money out of you and more and more big buildings and just more wealth and to see our church is bigger than your church sort of stuff. That's not really meaning of life. So it's that kindness in sharing which you find is the meaning of life. And as a monk, as mother monks, the nuns, the bhikkhunis, they really try and give that meaning to life. You know, giving, being generous. I said in Singapore that I was visiting another of the temples in Singapore when I first went to visit that city about nine, ten years ago. And they took me around the different Buddhist temples and this one was a Sri Lankan temple over somewhere in Singapore. And the head monk there, he, he gave me the, the uh, visitor's book. He said, sign the visitor's book. So I went over and unfortunately I picked up the wrong book. It wasn't a visitor's book, it was a donation book. <laughs> my problem was I'd already printed my name and signed it before I actually looked to the next column, which was, how much are you going to give? <laughs> and that was a big problem as a monk, because I don't have any money. So there you already started, and you can't sort of scrub it out now. So I had to think very quickly. You know, there I put my name, Ajahn Brahm, from Buddhist Society in West Australia in Perth, and the amount of your donation. So I wrote the words, M-Y-L-I-F-E. I give you my life. I was so happy about that. I thought, wow, now that's meaning. You now you give your life to you guys. You know, I'll die for you. And I probably will die for you. There's no way I can retire as a monk. So I'm going <laughs> to die in these robes for sure. Now that is actually gives me enormous amount of meaning in life. And people say, what's in it for you? And sometimes I think that. Nothing. Nothing in it for me, except just beautiful peace and happiness and joy and meaning. So my life has enormous meaning. And that's why you get happy and peaceful and get lots of energy. Now has your life got meaning? How much of you, how much of you have you given this week? I don't, I'm not talking about money. Time. No, forgiveness. This beautiful thing of forgiving. It's a part of a generosity, giving yourself, even though you get nothing back in return. You forgive this person, you forgive them again, you forgive them again, and still they exploit and exploit and exploit and exploit you. Yeah, if you want to be safe, and if you want to have no trouble, if you want to have sort of a nice house, rich, wealthy, with no problems at all, yeah, just be aggressive. But if you want to have meaning in life, forgive. And you find when you forgive what's really hard to forgive, that gives you enormous meaning. Again, I know that Dennis, he taught me this word a few weeks ago called skiting. And skiting is where you sort of talk about yourself and use yourself as an example. But that's all I can do. That's my example, my life. And last Sunday, Last Sunday we are finishing off our meditation retreats, you know, the November retreats down at Jhana Grove. And for those of you who have attended you know, the uh, nine-day retreats which I run, you know at the very end of the retreat we do a loving-kindness meditation. 
And I lead that. And part of that loving-kindness meditation, and I do it as well, I'm talking what I'm doing at the time. And part of that loving-kindness meditation, I ask people, can you please imagine a person and just give them just so much loving-kindness, a, a good friend, a special person, someone really close to you, and just sap them with metta. May you be totally free from pain and suffering, and may you be always happy and well. And when I did that, the image which came up into my mind was one of the people in Thailand causing me the most trouble about these bhikkhunis. And I was just so surprised and pleased with that. And it came up, and I just zapped them with love. Even though they're causing you so much irritation and so many problems, you think, no, I have no ill will whatsoever. May you be happy and well, and free from pain and suffering. And I thought, wow, that is called a life with meaning. People who have caused you a lot of problems and difficulties, unfairly, maybe untruthfully, who have cheated you, who have robbed you, to give them 100% loving-kindness. If you can do things like that, you understand what forgiveness is and how beautiful and how it does give a great meaning in life and how it's irresistible. When that really happens, okay, you ask, well, surely they'll take more advantage of you. I say, fine. Because I don't forgive people. You don't love them to try and get something back. In other words, I'll love my enemy so I can change him not to be an enemy anymore. No, no, I love you so you can continue to be my enemy. It's a totally different meaning in life. This is spiritual stuff. This is not sort of logical and reasonable stuff. This is the sort of stuff I learned from Down syndrome kids who didn't know how to think like you've been trained to think. They saw things in a totally different way. And that was beautiful and wonderful and gave that incredible meaning because you've each one of you seen those acts of forgiveness and kindness which have brought you to tears. And things which have happened which you think, what on earth is that person doing that for? And how can they do that? But they do that. They forgive the unforgivable. They tolerate the intolerant. Stories of Buddhist monks in China who've been tortured and would never ever even feel one moment of ill will towards the people torturing them just because they were monks. That has been done. That can be done. And that gives us a great sense of inspiration and hope and meaning for our lives. It shows that this is our training, this is how we learn, this is what we're here for. To learn, not just how to be kinder, not how to be more forgiving, not how to be more generous, not how to be more loving, but why we should. And when we realize why, because it gives us this spiritual wealth, the most important part of ourselves, it gives us meaning in life, why we're here, why we're growing, why we're doing this.